So watching this reminds me that I love drama in the lives of other people. <laughs> and so do you. We love to watch it. I, I went and looked at how many tickets, how much money was spent on this movie in the theaters. It was more than $2 billion. That's pretty big, and that's worldwide, but $2 billion. Just on a quick side note, I had a conversation with, with a couple of people in my life that I'm close to, and they were talking about a show they watch. Um, I don't watch this show because this show is junk, but it's called The Bachelorette. You've heard of it? And I'm like, who would watch this? I mean, like, I know, yeah, and people are raising their hands. Some people are pointing at people right now, which is fantastic. I love it. Uh, and the reason you watch it is because of drama. We love watching drama. We love watching conflict in the lives of other people. We don't want it in our own lives, but we love watching it in the lives of other people. I actually looked at how many people watched the premiere of The Bachelorette out of curiosity. It was more than 4.7 million um, watched the premiere in May. So there's, there's a lot of you out there if you're a Bachelorette fan. But we love drama. And it's very interesting because every movie we've talked about so far incorporates an element of drama and conflict. We talked about The Greatest Showman on week one. You remember, there's a lot of drama and conflict in that movie. The Jurassic World, I mean, there's plenty of it. And then The Bohemian Rhapsody. Drama and conflict are a big part of what we're drawn into. We're wired that way. We want to see how it all works out. And this movie is no different. If you haven't seen it, you've, you've seen the trailer, and you know that there's a lot of fighting, there's a lot of battles, and there's a lot of conflict. And today we get to talk about the Avengers, the third installment of the Avengers, which is called The Infinity Wars. Um, they actually released the fourth installment about a month or two ago. And uh, so if you haven't watched the movies and you want to, I'm not going to spoil it for you. But today we're going to dial in on that third installment and the battle between Thanos and the Avengers. And if you're not familiar with who Thanos is, we saw him in the trailer. But here, this is his picture, little guy. And uh, he's actually Zion Williamson's favorite character from the movie, if that means anything to you. Probably not. But Thanos has this plan. And Thanos feels like he has a very noble plan. And the plan is to balance or reset the universe. He wants to do this. He wants, he wants to conserve resources. It just sounds so environmental. He wants to, he wants to help the world uh, be able to conserve resources to last longer and preserve the population. But he wants to do this by killing half the population of the universe. And so he goes around with his cronies, and they essentially go planet by planet in this, in this universe, killing half the population on each planet. Then he figures out if he collects six jewels, known as the Affinity Stones, that he can do this by the snap of his fingers. They give him this incredible power if he gets them all together, that he can snap his fingers and he can put his plan into action. And so the movie is, is centered around him attempting to obtain all six Affinity Stones and the Avengers coming together to fight against that. And so in just a few moments, we're going to show you our first clip. And in this first clip, you see Thor being introduced to the Guardians of the Galaxy, which they're all really funny. One of the things I love about this movie is there's really stressful situations, and then there are some incredibly funny parts. And we get to watch the whole interaction between Thor and Star-Lord over who's in control of this ship. I really, it's quite fun. So to get you started and kind of give you the backdrop of what's happening and why stuff is happening, I want you to check out this clip right now.
I love watching that because, again, you see all the humor in the stressful situations. And here's the thing. The, the battle is so clear, right? I mean, there, there's no question who the bad guy is. It's clearly Thanos. And we, we see that the Avengers are clearly the good people. And even in the middle of all that, you can see that there's a jockeying for position. We'll get into that in a little bit. One of the things that, that parallels to us is we also have an enemy. And, and so often, when we go about living our lives, we don't see that our enemy is so obvious because we have an invisible enemy. And I'm not going into his whole backstory this morning, but we know him as Satan or the devil. And the way he works in our lives is much more subtly. The way he works against you, the way he schemes against you, the way he plans against you and me, the way he wants to take us out is in our head and in our hearts. And in the messages and the lies that we believe that take us away from, from God's design and plan, and then the, the messages he aims at our hearts to take us out emotionally, to take us to extremes of ap apathy, of I don't care, or to anger. We're emotionally all over the place. That is Satan's goal for you, because if he can do that for you, he can take, he can take you away from your ultimate mission, from your ultimate purpose. And all of us want to live life with purpose on purpose. But Satan's aim and Satan's goal is to take you away from that in the head and in the heart. And there is some incredible words I want to share with you this morning written by a guy named Paul. We talk about Paul a lot. He was a first century follower of Jesus. And he wrote more books in the New Testament than anybody. So he, he knew Jesus. He knew Jesus well. He, he knew um, all the contemporaries of Jesus. And he wrote some incredible words to a church that I'm going to share with you this morning that talks about the battle we fight as people. And so we're going to pick this up here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, where Paul writes this. So finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, what I love about our services is when we sing songs, we sing songs with purpose, and, and we want those songs to connect to what we talk about up here on stage. And so this morning, we sing about resurrection power. And one of the, the, well, it is the greatest event of all time, was Jesus being resurrected from the dead. It's what changed everything for us. It's the event we point back to as the foundation of our faith. And so when he writes, hey, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, he's talking about resurrection power that's available to you and to me when we put our trust and faith in Jesus as our Savior. And so he says, hey, be strong in this. That's where your strength lies, in that power, not in of yourselves, because in of yourselves, you're going to find yourselves being taken out in your head and being taken out in your heart. And he continues in verse 11. So put on the full armor of God. Why? So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes or tricks against your head and your heart. She's constantly scheming. And so he says, you've got to make the conscious choice to put it on. Well, put on like clothe yourself. We all made a choice this morning to put on certain clothes. And aren't we glad? 
All right? And so we made an intentional choice to get ready for today. And what he's saying is you need to get ready for your day every day spiritually by putting on the full armor of God. Well, what is that? If you read further down, you'll see he talks about six components of the armor of God. One is the helmet of salvation. Talking about protecting the head, essentially, by what you believe. The helmet protects the head and helps you to remember what you were saved from, that you were saved from the consequences of your sin through Jesus. And then he goes on to talk about the breastplate or body armor of righteousness covering your neck to your midsection, protecting the heart by wise choices and right living and doing the next right thing, whatever that might be. And it continues with a belt of truth because no one wants to show their backside, right? It, the belt of truth keeps you away from being entangled by lies. And anytime we get entangled by lies, we're not more free, or we're not, we're actually less free. We're more, we're more free when we're connected to the belt of truth, when it holds us up. And all of us want to be more free, but lies take us away from freedom. They make us less free. And then there's a shield of faith. The shield of faith protects us from the arrows, the, the fiery arrows, the flaming darts of our enemy who is trying to hit us right where it hurts. And some of you right now, you've got some situations going on that are really painful. Whether it be in your family, in your marriage, in your parenting, with your parents, with your extended family, they're really painful. With your ex, and there are flaming, fiery darts that are coming from a source you don't know that are in your thoughts, that are in your emotions. They're coming from Satan. And it's important to acknowledge that we need the shield of faith to protect us from letting those sink deep and then explode into the other areas of our lives. And then you have the sword of the Spirit. Sometimes this has been attributed to the Word of God or the Bible. I really like looking at the words of Jesus specifically. I like looking at a lot of the New Testament books that we look at to talk about practical living because it gives us the insight and inspiration to live out this mission we have of sharing the love of Jesus, receiving the love of Jesus. It's the sword of the Spirit. It keeps us on track, on mission, one mind, one purpose. It's powerful. And then the shoes to share the gospel of peace. There's there's something incredible. When you receive the love of Jesus, there is a peace you receive that passes all understanding. And when you've received that and you truly experience that, you want other people to know. You want other people to experience peace. And some of you right now, you don't feel forgiven. You've done something to hurt somebody or, or maybe you've, you're just shrouded in shame and, and judgment and you feel condemned maybe because of something you have done or didn't do. And you would love to feel the peace that comes with forgiveness. You do that by receiving Jesus. That's why he came to die, to forgive us and to give us peace that we know that there's life beyond this life, that there's purpose to this life now. And we have the opportunity to extend that to other people. Paul continues on in verse 12. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. He's saying our struggle is not against people, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world. And he goes on to say, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. He's acknowledging the enemy that we all have. And sometimes, if we're not careful, we make it about the people. I mean, how often does this this happen in your workplace where it's the boss? I mean, sometimes bosses can be hard to deal with, right? And some of you are like, "You're, you're the boss. Sometimes it's the employees that report to you. Or it's your coworkers. And it's how they eat when you have lunch together and how they smack. And it's just like, I'm going to kill you. You chew with your mouth closed. And I'm sure it's much more intense than that. But we can just look in the realm and the bucket of work. And if we're not careful, we can make people the enemy who aren't the enemy. And then he goes on in Ephesians 6, 13, in the first part of 14 to say, all right, therefore put on the full armor of God. Hey, just let me remind you, put on the full armor of God, all the pieces, so that when the day of evil comes, and it will come, we all experience evil, we all experience bad, we all experience heartache. And when that evil comes against our heads and against our hearts, you're able to stand. And after you've done everything to stand, he writes, Stand firm then. Because what happens is we stand and the attack comes again. The dart comes again. The flaming arrow comes again. I mean, watch this movie. They don't just attack one time in one way. On both sides, the attack is constant. And it's easy to be lulled to sleep. And, and Satan loves it when we're lulled to sleep and we're apathetic toward our mission and we're caught up in other endeavors and we're so busy with life that we've lost sight of the mission and purpose. I'm glad from a movie standpoint, the Avengers fought Thanos and his horrible plan. And Satan has a horrible plan to take us out and to take people away from God. And I love the fact that Paul lays this out for us. Three, three ways to simplify this. One, Know the source of your power. That's that resurrection power we talked about, Jesus. He is the source. He is where all that emanates from. Number two, know your enemy. Know your enemy. It's not other people. It's not in your family. It's not in your home. It's not in your neighborhood. It's not in some neighborhood post about uh, the person in your neighborhood that has the fence up that doesn't meet the, the standards. It's not, it's, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We get so caught up in these battles that are small. And then be prepared to fight your enemy. Be prepared to fight them. Put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Put on the belt of truth. Hold up the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and the shoes ready to share the gospel of peace. On mission. One mind, one purpose. And then when we do this, this puts us on track to fight the right fight. Because none of us want to get to the end of our lives and go, man, I, ex- I exerted a lot of energy. I was tired a lot. I mean, if I were to ask you guys on a poll, how many of you are tired 
I bet a lot of hands would go up. How many of you this last week have said the phrase, I'm tired, a lot of hands would go up because we're expending a lot of energy. But quite often we expend energy in areas that don't matter. And so this is all about getting focused on the right battle, fighting the right fight, which leads us to our next set of clips. How do we do this? How do we fight the right fight? How do we know we're doing it? One of the things that's very clear when you see these stories that involve drama and conflict is that it's never overcome alone. It's overcome with people, people that have your back, people that are supporting you, people that are part of your team. And so we're about to show you two clips that are going to go back to back where we watch the Avengers fight for one another as they attempt to take down Thanos. So I want you to check these out. I love that with the ladies, she's not alone. There's something about that when you know someone has your back. Am I right? Because we, we, all, we all get down we all have times where we're vulnerable, we're susceptible, but to know that people have your back, that you have a team around you, that no matter what, they're going to be there and they're going to be united in one mind and one purpose is a powerful thing to know. It helps you to fight and fight the right fight. It helps you to fight for people, not against them, no matter how difficult they are. And Paul writes some words that I think fit in with how we fight the right fight very well. And he starts by asking four questions in this first scripture I want to share with you in Philippians chapter 2, verse 1. And he writes these four questions, and I think they're kind of funny because they're kind of, the answer is obvious. Like, is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? I can imagine the people reading this, um, yes. You forgave me, forgave me of my sins, um, gave me life and purpose here, uh, life in heaven, um, purpose. Yes, yes, the answer is yes. Is there any comfort from his love to know that you're loved no matter what? Yeah, to know I'm loved no matter what I've done in the past, no matter what I will do in the present, no matter what I'll do in the future. Yeah, yeah the answer is yes, yes. Um, this next question, any fellowship together in the spirit? Yes, yes, that's yes. How about, are your hearts tender and compassionate? Well, I'm working on that one, Paul. But the answer should be yes. You ever feel that way? When I read this, I started thinking about what, what it often feels like to be a, a, a kid with a parent, and the parent comes in and says, do you like to have indoor plumbing? Do, do you like to have air conditioning? Do you like to have food? Do you like to have a car? then you need to clean up your room. You know, it's like, it's like, you, it's like it's total setup here. Of yes, 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 yes. So then Paul continues by saying, hey, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, by getting along, by loving one another and working together with one mind, one purpose. Now, when we think about our world, does that seem a bit unrealistic? 
To me, it feels a bit unrealistic. Make you look around you. You just spend some time on social media. And I'm not talking about, he's talking to the church here, but just it, it can feel kind of out there. But one of the things I love about this movie is you see some incredibly gifted Avengers get focused around one mind, one purpose, having to lay the egos aside. And then he continues in verse 3 saying, hey, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Have you ever thought that when you're trying to impress, when you're trying to impress other people, you're actually being selfish? I hadn't really thought about that too much, but as I spent time in this passage, I thought, yeah, that, that really makes sense. Because, and oftentimes I've thought, well, when you're trying to impress others, a lot of times it's out of insecurity. But that goes back to selfishness because I'm focused on me. And so I look back at my life and I'm like, gosh, how many times have I tried to impress people? And how selfish have I been? I, I could, I've done it often. I'll probably do it today. And I'm like, that's, that's a tough challenge right there. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress other, others. And it's easy to see this in other people, right? I mean, we know these people as tryhards. That's what I call them. They're trying real hard. And you like, they're, like in school, they're the ones answering every question. And you're just like, put your hand down. Please. We know you're smart. You don't have to try so hard. And it's incredible when you realize that you are part of Jesus' love, that he has loved you, that he has accepted you, that he has made you whole. And when you realize that, when you realize what his resurrection power has done for you, you're able to then look beyond trying to impress others by what you say, what you do, what your yard looks like, what you wear. You can move past that. And then be humble. Thinking of others, of others as better than yourselves. Now, that is extremely hard because when I think about, like, people, I, I've oftentimes called people stupid. I don't like to admit that, but, I mean, haven't we all done that with your family? Oh, they're just stupid. They're just stupid. But quite often, that's been me. And when I get in that mindset and I prop myself up and I... I am on the precipice of falling flat on my face. And just like we have to clothe ourselves intentionally with spiritual armor, humility is a choice. Clothing ourselves with humility is a choice. And the Avengers had to do the same thing because they were all extremely gifted, powerful, and you are extremely gifted. You are extremely powerful. The power of your life is tremendous. Your ability to influence people, your ability to help people, your ability to change the, the life of someone by what you say and what you do is tremendous. The power of your words are tremendous. Think about that when you humble yourself and you leverage it together and you're of one mind and one purpose. You can fight the right fight. And I'm going, to leave, I'm going to leave with this last verse here, verse 4. Don't look out for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. This kind of hit me the other day. We were talking with some friends that we've known for over six years. And I didn't even know how they met. And I'm like, I should have asked that question sooner. I've known them for six years. 
And they're two of my very best friends, and I don't even know how they met. And I'm like, huh, I may need to work on this. But this is the thing I love is we can always grow. No matter where you are, you can always grow. And the scripture is such a strong reminder to take us in the direction that God has for us. One of the things I love about uh, our location and even being portable, I mean, one day we'll have a permanent location, but one of the things I love about being portable is we have an army of people that show up week in and week out. They show up here at 7 a.m. They set up the hallways. They set up our peak space, our kids' summit space, this auditorium, this stage. And they do this up until 8-ish, depending on the day, depending on the people that are here. And then they come back at the end of the 11 o'clock service, and they stay here to about one, and they tear it all down and put it into cases, and they put it into storage. And they do it because they realize that there's something bigger at stake than oftentimes their sleep and their comfort. They do it because they take an interest in you. They take an interest in the thousands of people that live in this community and are moving in here. My gosh, when you drive around Jamestown and you drive around High Point and Greensboro and the Triad, you see people moving in here like crazy. And they have a bigger vision, a bigger purpose, one mind, one purpose. Taking an interest in others. It's a powerful way to do it. So three quick takeaways I want to leave you with. Be of one mind and purpose. Just like the Avengers were of one, one mind and purpose, what would happen if we were of one mind and one purpose as a Summit Church? Number two, be humble. Be humble. Make the choice to clothe yourselves with humility. And then number three, be genuinely interested in others. Take the time to listen. Take the time to notice. Take the time to care. And you know what? This can start in your own home, in your marriages, with your kids, with your parents. I think one of the most powerful things kids can do is pay attention to their parents and actually act out on it of, oh, I noticed my mom likes this. I think I'm going to make sure that I don't leave my fork in the sink. It can be small things. And it takes us into this big idea for today. Fight the right fight. So the question I want to pose to you, I want you to think about this question. I would love for you to discuss this question in your car on the way home or, or at the lunch table today. Is what is my place in the fight? What is my place in the fight? To look at your mom. Mom, what's your place in the fight? Dad, what's your place in the fight? Because we have a we have a battle, it's clear. To your son, to your daughter, what's your place in the fight? And talk about what is your next step. Because we're all tasked with this mission to receive and share the love of Jesus. It's why we exist. It's why we do what we do. So in this moment, I'm gonna pray for you as you take your next steps toward fighting the right fight. God, we thank you so much that we can watch movie clips, that we can talk about movies and that we can see the parallels of your truth. And God, I pray today that you would help people in this room to be reminded of what they've heard, that they would put one thing into action.
that they would take their next step in receiving and sharing your love by taking their next step and also being a part of the fight to help help people receive and share love Jesus. We thank you again for your resurrection power that makes us whole, that makes us forgiven. And we look forward to a great Sunday and a great week because of what you're doing in and through us. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.